0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Ralph Graves Jr. Show. I'm your host, Ralph Graves Jr., and I'm so glad you're here. No matter where you are right now or what circumstances you face, lasting success is within your reach. On this podcast, we'll have real conversations with people who have had to overcome unthinkable obstacles to achieve success. Are you ready to live with unstoppable momentum and focus? Well, today's your day, let's dive in. Hey everybody. ralph graves how are you good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are whatever time you're listening to this welcome to another episode of the unstoppable podcast with ralph Graves jr first of all i want to thank you for um taking time out to listen to this podcast um to uh to watch it listen to it you could be watching or listening to anyone else but uh you chose to stop by here and so let's get right to it let's get right to it today i have a Uh, a young man by the name of Evan Herman, who is, um, he runs a podcast called The Whole Person Podcast. I want you to, after you leave the Unstoppable Podcast, I want you to jump on over to The Whole Person Podcast. And Evan's here to talk about that. I find it, I find it very helpful. But before we even talk about that, Evan, thanks for being on the program, brother.
1: Hey, Ralph, thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's a pleasure finally to. I've heard so much about you th- through our mutual friend, so meeting you for the first time
1: this is really this is really cool. <laughs> Absolutely, I've, likewise, you know, Seth has spoken very highly of you, and so I'm I'm excited to get to connect.
0: Yeah, yeah. So tell us, tell tell my audience about who you are and what you do. Who's Evan Herman? What does he do? You know, and we're going to talk about how unstoppable you are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well. So I'm Evan Herman, I'm currently 33, and from seven years of age, I felt like I was called into ministry, Wow! and went to Oral Roberts University, got a degree in theology, got married, pursued ministry, and fell on my face multiple times. No doors really opened for me, and so I kind of gave up, because I just felt like the timing wasn't right, and so I needed to find something to do. And my theology degree wasn't helping me in the professional world. So now I got a degree. <laughs> I know with the feeling. A lot of, yeah, I got a lot of debt with that degree, yeah, but it does nothing. Nobody right. cares no about my cares. theology degree.
0: Nobody cares. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so <laughs> I end up hopping from job to job to job
0: right, right, right. for
1: four years. Yeah. I had over 21 jobs wow. in four years. Well,
0: hey, hey, listen, listen, at least you were hustling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, partially, my wife didn't feel that way. Right. Um, right. You yeah. know, so we're newly married after I graduated. So imagine now my sp- Spouse. Now we've been together four years by this point. All she knows of this husband is that she can't keep a job. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) keep in mind the economy wasn't the greatest when I graduated college. Yeah. There were still opportunities, but there wasn't really any long gainful employment opportunities that, that just opened up to me. You know, I, I took, um, interviews at banks and I did really well, but at that point in time, I was competing against people that had previous experience consistently. So the only things I could get were like seasonal, temporary part-time jobs, or I took jobs that seemed like a good opportunity. And they were the first thing to present itself only to go miserably wrong. Wow! But Mm -hmm. I took it because I was in desperation of of a job of finances. And I get it when you're in that yeah. situation, you know, you do what you can, but I did not take time to look at the red flags. Right. So I got fired from some of those places. I quit some of those places in some of those places out of those 21 jobs were seasonal. Yeah. I yeah. say so all that to say <laughs> one, I don't like working for other people <laughs> Two. Um, <laughs> what I realized though is my security wasn't in what someone else could provide for me. It's what one God alone could provide for me and what I could provide for myself. Yeah. yeah. And what led me into this journey of personal growth with a biblical perspective is we had a daughter. She was our first child. Mm. She was a premature stillborn and it was it was one of the most painful experiences of my life.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And yeah, shortly after that happened was Mother's Day yeah. and Father's Day. And I was working at a hardware store and I asked off for those two days, you know, at separate times just because it was so fresh. Right. It was so recent. Right. And they didn't give it to me. Wow. And I was angry and I was yeah. bitter. Yeah. And I realized at that moment... I am going to figure out a way to work for myself. And I didn't know how. I didn't know what to do. Right. And then in comes a man from a church that I was going to who said, Evan, he goes, have you ever thought about real estate? And I was like, well, not as a career, but more as like investing. He says, well, maybe you should check into it. And so I did. Yeah. And in this process, I decided to go get my real estate license. It took me a little bit. A hot minute, actually. (laughs) And in the meantime, I was interviewing at different companies. Yeah. And I was being interviewed by this one guy, and he wanted to know who I was. So I laid it all out there. And I can only imagine what he must have been seeing from his position of interviewing. Because here's this young man who's venting, You know, I've had 21 jobs and, you know, I've been screwed over and I've been bullied my entire life. And all he's hearing is victim, 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 victim. Right, right. And at the very end of it, he looked at me straight across the table and he goes, I would never hire you. He goes, you have a victim mentality and I can't work with that. Wow. And I was mad. I was I was heated. I was like, I'm not a victim. These things really happened to me. Yeah. This is what I fight against. And yeah, a few days later, I just I realized I I'm everything that I thought I wasn't. Yeah. It was this part of me that I couldn't see until harsh truth smacked me upside my head. And so I decided like, you know, I, I have been a victim. And so I realized I needed to take ownership of my life. Sure. sure. I needed to take ownership of even the things that didn't go my way that might necessarily not have been my fault. But I also put myself in that position. Yeah. You know, the terrible bosses that I've had. Yeah. It's because I chose them. That's a fact. They also chose me, but I chose them. That's a fact. So regardless of how they treated me and how it ended, I chose to work for them. That's my fault. Yeah. And so I started this journey of, well, how do I, how do I break this victim mentality? Yeah. And so I started with a company called Keller Williams. I'm no let longer me, with let them. Me
0: pause, let me pause yeah. right there because I, I, I don't want to skip this important part. Absolutely. Your journey began when you accepted or assumed responsibility for your own life. I I just, I just want my listeners to know that and hear that. This was exactly what you just said. When you accepted responsibility, when you accepted accountability and responsibility for your own life, then you said, my journey began.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't want
0: anybody to miss that. I don't want anybody to miss that. We point fingers at everybody else without assuming accepting responsibility for ourselves. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And let's, let's get very specific here. Yeah. It doesn't matter who your president is.
0: Oh, no, not at all. Right
1: now, this is the heated thing in our country. Yeah. Yeah. Because Donald Trump, I did well, or because of Joe Biden, it's going to get better. It don't matter. No, you have personal responsibility. Not at all.
0: And we're believers. I stand on, you know, I look to the hills from whence cometh my help.
1: I exactly.
0: Know, that's what I stand on. Right. So talk exactly. About, so so you now you accept the responsibility. Doesn't matter who's in office, doesn't matter what's going on. You step out to Keller
1: Williams. What happens? So I step out into Keller Williams, and a couple things in this time frame happened. I heard this saying there you your business will grow to the extent that you do. And okay. it resonated in yeah. my soul.
0: Yeah, that's Jim Rohn, man. That's Jim
1: Rohn. But go ahead. Perfect. Yeah. Well, that, well, that so it's Jim Rohn that Keller quoted to us, right, um, right, right. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. And so I took a very tensional view of spiritual and emotional development with a biblical perspective. Because here's the thing: yeah. there's a lot of Spiritual development, a lot of personal growth that I just can't tap into because it contradicts what I feel like the Bible and what Christianity is about. Yeah. So how do I do this from a biblical perspective? Because here's the thing: before I launch into that, actually, let me go back to the story. Okay. So when I realized my business will go to the extent that I do, I decided to. Really go after personal growth, yeah. And I got extremely blessed. Uh, There was a guy by the name of Eric Ritchie, who I don't know if he still is. I I lost touch with him, but he was a coach. Okay. And he decided to coach me for, I think a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. And I had like zero dollars. Okay. Right. And so, what ended up happening is. That was the beginning stages of learning about emotional intelligence. Right. Yeah. And then the life cycle of my thoughts become actions, my actions become habits, my habits become, oh, I'm going to butcher this here. My habits become uh, the results, right. results become thoughts, and it just repeats this endless cycle. Exactly. And so what I realized is I was on this crazy cycle of thinking. I was on this crazy cycle of being abused by everyone around me.
0: Yeah.
1: And so it wasn't until I toughened up a little emotionally did I start seeing some success. But yeah. here's the thing. My definition of what toughness had to change. Because in part, that's why I got fired a few times. Mm-hmm. Because some individuals would get onto me And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be bullied. I'm not going to be pushed around. And I would buck up. Yeah, Yeah. And I would get fired. Right. That is not strength. Right. That is not emotional strength. Emotional strength is having the wisdom, knowledge, and discernment for the situations you're in and how to act appropriately and not to let your emotions get the best of you. Exactly. See, I was immature and I was hurt and I was broken and I didn't want to get bullied anymore. And I was also... At that moment, a victim. Yeah. But when I could step into the realm of, all right, now I'm not going to let my victimhood hold me back. I'm going to break out of that paradigm. I'm choosing the pattern I want. And I'm going to choose to respond to situations how I want versus trying to buck the system. Right. And so in this process of change and growth, I started seeing a little bit more freedom in my mind, a little bit more belief, a little bit more optimism. And it has carried me to where I am today. But keep in mind, I am no expert. Okay. I am a dude on a journey of personal growth who shares my life, both the failures and the successes openly, so we can learn together. Because I just want to be fast forwarding here to 2020 was the best year of my entire life.
0: Yeah.
1: Think about that in the midst of a pandemic and everyone going through so much trouble, so much chaos was the best year of my life. But here's what's crazy before the best year of my life was one of the worst years of my life in 2019. Yeah. And that teed up a lot of growth and a lot of change for 2020.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Evan, man that's that's a that's a phenomenal story man you said so much in that that we can dissect but I def, I, I want to get into this because I'm a believer you're a believer i've pastor church for 15 years and and I try to tell people there is a fine line there's a fine line between uh personal growth and uh living a Christ-centered life um and, and uh because a lot of the, the personal growth experts, Sometimes, if if you're not careful, uh, you, they'll start trying to teach you to live a self-centered life. But we are trying to live a Christ-centered life. So let me ask you about this. Let me ask you about: um, Can there real? Is there a real? What do you? What are your thoughts on it? Of uh, being a really good fit? Is there ever a really good fit with personal development and Christianity? Does it conflict? And I'm talking. Yeah. Do you think they 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 conflict?
1: Not when it's done biblically.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. I, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things in personal growth and spiritual development that conflict on a surface level that isn't true. It's a alternative. It's a... Fict- Fictitious thing of truth right so new age spirituality is probably one of the biggest fictitious truths where there's energies and auras and oh all this stuff yeah. and that pluralism I, but... right i i didn't get sucked into new ageism but i was intrigued by it right because we there is an element of truth but I'm trying to reconcile what is what is the truth because there's the biblical truth and then there's what this is saying, but this is not my my spiritual discernment. Alarms are ringing on this, so yeah. I've had to dissect it and and kind of look at the way God created things. So let's just pretend for a second that we're talking about New Ageism here, and you know, right. auras and energies and mantras and chakras and all right. these things. Right? You know, in this in this identity in this belief, there are three or four energy hubs in the body that we can tap into and that we can release our internal energy into the world to connect with other like energy. And I'm thinking to myself, (laughs) God, you know, part of this feels like there's truth to this, but it feels like hogwash. And so I prayed, I said, God, show me What's true? What's not? Yeah. I kid you not. This is the coolest thing ever. My back was hurting and I couldn't, I mean, it, I just couldn't get over it. So I decided to go to the chiropractor. Right. I go to the chiropractor and I'm getting my back adjusted and in on his wall is the nervous system and how it connects to the body. Sure. There's, I I think three or four central locations in the body that have hubs for your nerves. Right. Now get this. There is enough stored energy in our body that of the stored energy of a nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. Scientifically speaking. Okay. And so I started thinking about all right. So then I started thinking about this this new ageism. They say four hubs, but or three hubs or whatever it is. But yet we have three central or four central spots in our nervous system that connects our nerves to our body. Well, God created my body. Right. Obviously, energy isn't God either. God created energy. Yeah. So now I have three spots in my body. What does that mean? Well, I don't buy into the chakras. It's just three areas of energy in my body that allows my body to be motorized. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So if energy isn't God, because the New Ageism believes energy is God, right? God created energy. So So let's take this back even a step further. This is where it gets more just scientific than spiritual. Yeah. You and I are talking right now from several different states. You have a broadcasting signal that is being sent to a satellite to me. Sure. You and I are both senders and receivers of energy on our computers. Okay. Our bodies are also geared to be senders and receivers of energy, but not the. Energy like spiritual woohoo energy, but just natural energy, the way God created humans to function. Right. Yeah. So where does that go towards the Bible? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right. When God created man, he created our bodies to function mm-hmm. so that we would have a sustainable life. Yeah. So everything that these people are saying and turning into a spiritual religion, it's not. it's not, it is a function in the way God created mankind. I started reading. And they stopped that. I started reading a
0: book called Gene Keys. That's why I was looking up while you were talking. I have it on my my iPad. Perfect. Gene Keys by Richard Rudd. Have you heard of it? I haven't. Tell me about it. Yeah, it's, it's just what we're talking about now. It talks about these different hubs and it sounded great. And to a point, and then when they started calling other things God, I had to put it down. Yeah. <laughs> I had to put it
1: Absolutely. down. Absolutely. I had to put it Absolutely. down. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because g- God is not, energy is not God. God created energy. But, God is but. so much bigger. Yeah. And so in terms of you and I being senders and receivers, yeah. well, that's, that's true biblically. Yeah. God sends messages mm-hmm. to us to speak and carry the words to other people. That is an actual thing. Right. You know, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Right. That that is the physical form. That is the physical definition of what we're to do, but the spiritual aspect is there's energy that goes through that and the energy is the power of the Holy Spirit. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so it's understanding what the world is trying to twist and take what God actually created and there's scientific backing for God's creation. And yeah. They're trying to twist it into something that's not him Yeah. now and the end of it, like we don't need to know the four central nervous hubs and all this to grow spiritually right? or to have a relationship with him. That is very irrelevant to the grand story of God yeah. and what God is wanting to do. But in terms of, the question that you asked, where's this war and this conflict between spiritual personal growth and what's kind of the world's idea of it. Like these are these the aspect of energy really exists, but what the yeah. world is saying exists isn't true. It's, right. it's how God created it. And uh, so don't go make a false religion out of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I still think too, there's a desire for us to be our own mini gods. Um, yes. And, um, we want, I say it like this, we want God to get along with our will for our lives. We want God to come alongside us and help us do what we want to do rather than submitting ourselves and our will to him. And so in essence, we become, you know, we become these many gods that, that really try to uh, try to run the show and ask God to get involved and sort of and, and get involved in all sorts of things that are even outside of his character that he will never yeah. get involved in. And so I think when a person is looking to grow um, personally, especially a believer, you have to make sure that how you're growing and what you're growing is lining up with the word and the will of God. You know, God is not against our personal growth. He's not against it at all. Not against you it at all. You
1: know what you're saying right now. So like I said, 2020 was the best year of my life. Yeah. So many good things happen. I saw accelerated growth growth in a way that I've never experienced in my life. Yeah. And we can get into to that story too, but it started with a lesson that I'd learned. We all have this version of ourselves that we've created in our minds that we want to be. Yeah. This dare I say perfect version. Yeah. You know, the wealth the stability, the family, the The Instagram photos, the American dream version. Yeah. The American dream version, the best, you know, reaching a million people on YouTube, you know, famous, whatever you want to call it. The the best version of ourselves. Yeah. And I was interviewing a man by the name of Craig Westoff, who, um, on my show, he, he was a DJ for Caleb, one of the, top gjs at his time and, and left yeah. and as we're talking you know I, i'm wrestling with how how do i grow into this how do i you know i don't feel like i can reach it and he he said these two things he goes well evan he goes there's two things about that he goes one what you just described this perfect version of yourself that you're trying to attain is idolatry idolatry towards god <laughs> yeah. and self-hatred And I, it's just like mind blown. Okay, it's like, what do you mean by that? He goes, "Here it is."
0: I I like that. I like that a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He said, "God created you to be who you are, not the image that you have in mind for yourself." Now, obviously, God didn't create me to sin or some of the things that I've done. Right. But with the giftings. You know, I feel like I've been obedient to God. And while I want to be somewhere grander in my life, I am where I am. But where I am is kind of where God wants me.
0: Yeah.
1: And so where I am and what I want weren't in alignment. Right. I wasn't content with who God made me to be and where I currently am.
0: Yeah.
1: And then because of that, it created self-hatred and i didn't realize this because i could not accept myself for who i am where i'm at not accepting my sin by any means but i couldn't just love myself Yeah. yeah and it was at the moment of learning how to love myself and that this idea of who i wanted to be was idolatry towards god that's when it shifted. Yeah. That's when I started seeing the growth. That's when I started seeing the change. Because as soon as that happened, so many things started changing in my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Evan, you said a mouthful right there, man. I mean, from self-hatred. I I don't think most of us realize when we're hating on self. Um, that's where all sorts of addictions and indulgences come from. You know, uh, self-hatred. And, yeah. and man, that is that is major, man.
1: So let me... Let me just let me just go really deep into this if if you're okay with it. Yeah, come on man, go deep. Okay. So, I'm going to share 2019 and 2020. Yeah. In 2019, my wife and I had seven financial um hardships that hit. Big big financial hardships. Right. And at that time, we only made about 2 grand above poverty line. Right. The thing about making 2 grand above poverty line is you make just enough not to get help, but not enough to live. Oh yeah. Yeah. My, my in-laws were buying our groceries for years because we just didn't have the money. Right. And so in 2019, let me just kind of throw a widespread overview of it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I hurt my knee in on April 8th of 2019. I dislocate my knee and tear the ligament that holds my kneecap to my femur. Wow. and that put me out of work for about five including that month four or five months uh, because my mobility wasn't there I couldn't go on appointments I I could drive but I couldn't stand long I couldn't sit I couldn't bend my knee you know so there's so many issues so imagine not being able to work for five or six months Wow.
0: yeah
1: during that time even before I got my knee surgery we thought my son had an appendect or had appendicitis. Okay. And, you know, it didn't seem like it at first. It just seemed like stomach pains. And then the second day he was still hurting and I was touching where his appendix was and he wasn't squealing. He wasn't like in pain when I touched it. So that didn't make sense. But by the third day, I was just like, you know what? He's still hurting. Yeah. I feel like a bad father by this point. Uh, If it is appendicitis, this is dangerous. So I just, gonna take him to the er well my wife was working and he couldn't like for whatever reason when we got there he just like couldn't even walk so here i am on a gimp leg hobbling into the er holding my son in my arms yeah, yeah. and when they see me walk in they're like what the heck like something's yeah. not right yeah. sure. and they're like are you okay it's like yeah hey, we're here for him yeah and turns out it was severe gas lock
0: okay okay
1: so Great thing is he's healthy. He's okay. We just had to give him some uh, major like gas X.
0: Right, right.
1: But that was a big medical expense.
0: Yeah, just to walk through the door. It became a medical expense when they said, what the heck is going
1: on? Exactly. It it was (laughs) thousands. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I have my knee surgery. Thousands. Okay. My wife we were pregnant last year in uh, 2019 and she had a miscarriage and she had to go to the er twice so we have four er bills and if any if any of you know there's i mean it's thousands per visit
0: thousands per visit and so
1: so there's a lot there right fast forward a little bit my wife gets in a car she's fine but my car needed to be repaired and it took like a month to repair. It. Luckily, wow. I had uh, rental insurance, so we had one vehicle
0: yeah.
1: to replace that. But then the next day, our only other vehicle broke down and was gone for good. Wow! Okay. And so we had one vehicle and we needed two. And by this point, I made a decision that we weren't going to go into debt anymore. We weren't going to take out loans, and you know, we had functioned with debt. Yeah. That's, that's how we kind of live. That's how we kind of got by. And right. It um, also keep in mind when I say, Hey, sweetheart, we're not going to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And she's very pessimistic financially at this point, just because yeah. of all the hardships we've been through. And yeah. then keep in mind, you have a husband who had over 21 jobs in 4 years, you know? I mean, this yeah. doesn't bode well when I say, "Hey, we're going to I'm going to do this financially and we're going to do it my way." Yeah. Um, but by by this point, by that point, I had been in real estate I think 6 years, so I've I've had success in real estate, so I've I've proven that I can be stable there. <laughs> and now I'm in now I'm in my 8th year. Okay, good. And okay. so what we do, I, I so she got an erect, we lost the other vehicle, and then I only had $800 to our name, and I saw a African uh, orphan from Uganda with pastors, native pastors from Uganda, who I know and trust that they were taken care of, have a severe foot infection. Okay. And I heard God say, give, give that orphan $800 for surgery okay and I inquired because normally you're just not gonna send money to someone overseas, but right. I know I can trust them i've I've been with them multiple times right and so I inquired like yeah we're trying to get surgery so we can save her life it's severely infected yeah we've raised half the money the only remaining is eight hundred dollars and I was like, all right I'm sending it yeah um we sent it okay and then she had surgery and she died on the operating table oh my god oh my god (sighs) it's not about the money right but i knew i heard god yeah and so now god we've gone through this then i gave the money and then she died why did you let Her die. Why did you tell me to give her money sending her to her grave?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I just heard him say this that she was going to die regardless. Right. But because she was under anesthesia, this was a lot less painful.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: And I just realized, like, okay, I don't know why you didn't choose to do a miracle or anything.
0: But isn't our, isn't our response? You our responsibility is obedience. God's responsibility is to handle everything else. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So, and then here's the next stage, and what I'm about to say, mm-hmm. I don't advocate for anyone to do this. Okay unless if you're hearing God very specifically, and if you feel that this is of God, which I'm probably saying it for the majority, most people, it won't be. You need to seek counsel Mm
0: -hmm. with
1: your pastor Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and maybe other mentors. Right. I I heard God tell me to stop, to put a pause on giving. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what I give 10% regardless, like always. Yeah. And he said, no, I want you to just pause giving. Okay. It made no sense to me. Right. And I couldn't back it up biblically. I, I, you know, but I went to my pastor and he goes, you know, I don't know why, but I I think, I think God is actually telling you this. You know, he prayed about it. I talked to other people and it didn't make sense until a little bit later. When, um, when I was given a word about pausing giving yeah, and basically in that word was that God is bigger than his own presets and he's trying to reach your heart. Yeah. And what I had realized in that moment, because I had been giving, I became religious about it. Right. And because I gave God should operate and bless me because I'm faithful in tithing. Yeah. Yeah. My heart was not in a good spot right. when I was giving. Yeah. I was bitter and angry. And there's even a scripture that says God loves a cheerful giver. I wasn't yeah. a cheerful giver. Yeah. I was bitter because of all the hardship. Sure. And so part of this pause, what I what I felt like God say is not only to just pause, but to also take that and apply it towards getting out of debt. Right. So we paid off the car that got uh, wrecked, and we had to pay for the repairs. Mm -hmm. We paid off a storm shelter. We paid off my student loans, paid some medical debt, Mm -hmm. and we were able to save money to buy a car debt-free.
0: Wow, praise God.
1: And and we were allowed to borrow someone's car for six months.
0: Yeah.
1: And all that started happening – After I paused giving, right, right. Then my wife got a 50% raise at work and I got a 30% raise because I switched brokerages. Mm -hmm. And then we started seeing money come in and that allowed us to get out of debt. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the most part, we still have, we still have medical debt (laughs) that we're, (laughs) that we're still knocking out. That's still there. But I say all that to say, we are now in a place to give again And it's not a burden. Yeah. We are able to give to other people. It is now joyous. Yeah. And God set us up because here's what's crazy. Only God could have known what was going to happen in 2020. Yeah. Like we were financially stable because we had been able to set money aside.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I say that to say, a lot of people who aren't giving need to give Mm -hmm. because their heart's not in the right spot by not giving. I was the exact opposite. I was doing it out of, I came from a very word of faith background where it was almost like a business transaction. God, I'm going to give you this amount and you're going to give me this amount. Right. Yeah. And somehow I, even though I didn't really believe in that, that was still a part of my spiritual makeup. And that's something that God had to break.
0: Yeah. Your attitude wasn't right about it's, it. I mean, in, in short, your attitude wasn't right. You know, you you violated right. the, the 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 cheerful giver part. You know, mm-hmm. if you can't give cheerfully. Keep it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, that's what God yeah. was saying to you.
1: Right. Well, yeah. and what's crazy is through that time, what I looking back, we we paused tithing. Mm-hmm. But where we gave was we gave to individuals, you know, okay. it, it probably wasn't a total of 10%, but right. you know, we came across someone who lost his wife and they weren't going to have Christmas. And this was like a couple yeah. weeks before Christmas. So we, we paid for their Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's school fees and people overseas that needed help. And, you know, so God brought opportunities to give and then it started becoming cheerful. Yeah. And so, I I paused tithing, but I kept giving. Okay, there there, there is a a distinction there. Yeah. But my heart changed. And moving forward, you know, I still had bitterness. I still had resentment. I was still working on that. And then fast forward with what Craig was saying is about learning how to love yourself, not having idolatry towards God. Then all that kind of accumulated. And, And then I want to frame out 2020 here for you. And we can go longer if you have time. I'm okay with it. Yeah, go ahead. It um I had been addicted to pornography for over 20 years. Okay. Early 2020, I saw freedom. God brought so much healing into that area of my life. Mm -hmm. And I haven't touched it since. Wow. I lost. 40 pounds I, I used to weigh 40 more pounds than what I do now
0: yeah
1: early 2020 I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety they the doctor wanted to give me medicine to to help calm that down and I just felt like that was not of God yeah and so I sought counseling And while the counselor wasn't that great, because he did a lot of talking and not a lot of listening, I took the nuggets that I learned. Mm -hmm. And what I realized, for those of you that don't know, since two thousand and eight, I've lost one close person in my life every single year. Wow, which is a lot, and it's yeah, it's very painful.
0: Yeah,
1: it's very humbling.
0: Yeah,
1: and I also became afraid of death. And what I realized is I started mourning my life being lost early. Mm -hmm. I mourned this idea that my kids wouldn't have a father because I was in fear of death. Yeah. But what was funny is it became kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy because, because I wasn't able to function. I wasn't able to... To be out and do enjoying enjoy things because I would just start getting crippled with anxiety. And once I realized that I was living in a future that didn't exist, meanwhile that that idea was crippling the very life that I was living. Yeah. And once that happened, it was an instant switch of healing for me. Sure. And I'd been dealing with it for years.
0: Sure.
1: Financially, God has blessed us more than ever before. Wow, my business has grown more than ever before. And there's things on the horizon, both spiritually, ministry, business, that is coming to fruition that wasn't an option before. Because yeah. I was bound by debt, I was bound by bitterness, I was bound by sin. Yeah. But because I learned how to love myself. Not in this new age, love yourself, speak your truth. No, no, no. Right. I learned to love myself the way, I don't want to say the way God loved me because that would be awesome, but (laughs) I learned to love where God has me in my life. I've learned to trust God. Yeah. Yeah. And that brought so much healing into my life. And that's
0: the place we have to get to, man. Is really learning to trust God that he knows what he's doing. And trusting God right where we are, man. Man, that's a great story, man. Hey, listen, where can we get more of this? Now, talk about your podcast. Where can my listeners talk about uh, the Whole Person podcast? Talk about that.
1: Absolutely. So, the Whole Person podcast was birthed out of this idea of, I stink at life and I need help. <laughs> yeah. And I knew no one would listen to me be. Because I didn't have like I didn't have anything to offer. I right. didn't there was I didn't know enough. I wasn't a guru. I you know. Yeah. But I had my failures. That's all I had. Yeah. And I had my hard knocks. And so I offer that up and I reach out to people who are successful, who do have it more together than I do. Yeah. In the areas of faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun. Right. And so when I talk to these people. I, it's kind of like they're a mentor and I'm a mentee and I live my life open and I talk about areas of struggle Yeah. and they give their advice and their guidance. And then I ask about their successes and how they've done it. And between their stories and my stories, there's enough information for people to relate to, Yeah. to feel like, okay, this is kind of where I'm at and on similar journey. And this is how Evan did it, or this is how the guest did it and how I can do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm not perfect, but I just want to live openly so that people can either A, avoid my mistakes by seeing my failures or B, see my successes. And also if that applies to them, be able to walk in those same patterns.
0: And, and that's the power of story. And that's the power of, of, of having a podcast like this or like yours, man, uh, to just really bless people as they go through the journey. Evan, I don't want to hold up too much more of your time, man. Thank you for being on this program. Thank you for blessing the listeners like you have. Thank you for being unstoppable, man. I really appreciate you. And I appreciate the lessons you, uh, uh showed us today and, and the stories you told us today, man. And, um, I'm just praying for you and the family, man.
1: I appreciate it. Yeah, we have three boys now and life is really good because God is good. Wow.
0: Yes, he is. And listen, what a a great sentence to end on. God is good. Guys, you've been listening to the Unstoppable Podcast with Ralph Graves Jr. My guest today was Evan Herman. Uh, Please go over and check out his podcast, The Whole Person, The Whole Person. Um, and uh, Whole, whole person, person Podcast. Whole Person Podcast. There you go. The Whole Person Podcast. And be blessed. You'll hear more, Evan, and he has some phenomenal guests over there. Guys, once again, uh, thanks for checking out the podcast. If you haven't already, go pick up my book, Unstoppable, um, Barnes & Noble, jr.com uh, amazon.com. If you're interested in being part of the Gulfstream Way, our coaching program, drop me an email at ralph at jr.com. And we'll tell you how to be part of that. Until next time, everybody, let's be unstoppable together. God bless.